Greetings, Raybirds, and welcome to the Raybirds podcast. And welcome back to the Gambia series, where we focus on building the entrepreneurial ecosystem in the Gambia. And this is a series where you will see me interviewing a few of the key players involved, young players involved in building up this system from the ground. So I am so pleased to welcome Aida Fal who is based in the Gambia this evening. Aida, welcome to the Rare Birds podcast. Hello, welcome. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you here. So Aida, before we jump into the conversation, because today we're going to, you're going to share with us the contribution of vocational education and training to innovation. Innovation, very important, in the Gambian educational system. So essentially, how do vocational studies help to develop this entrepreneurial ecosystem in the Gambia? So it's a real pleasure to have you. Before we begin, please tell us, Ida, a little bit more about you and your background and how what you're doing now, how you got to where you are now. Okay, it's good afternoon from my side. I'm so mm. happy to be on the platform and thank you so much for inviting me. So... I am Aida Fau. I am a female auto mechanic engineering mm -hmm. based in the Gambia. I'm also an entrepreneur. I deal with car spare parts and other engine spare parts, everything that has to do with engines. And also, I'm the founder of Clock TVET Foundation. That's we advocate for the importance of TVET, means technical, vocational, education, and training in the Gambia. So basically, in a nutshell, that is me. Wonderful. Exciting. Okay. And tell us about your, tell us about the business, a little bit more about the business that you're, you're building. Oh, on, okay. The business that I'm doing, I'm into cars. So let's say I'm a engineering. I specialize in car diagnostics and electronics. That's what I do and general car service and maintenance. So in the other hand, I'm having, I'm working on a small farm called the Fetal file. So what I do there, I work with other companies. And what I would do is I'm working with other mechanics that are specialized in certain fields. So if I work with companies car and I will work with mechanics also. So I'm the intermediate between the companies and the mechanics to make sure that we fix all the problems, car problems in the Gambia. Wow. And how long have you been doing this? Five years now. Oh my goodness, five years. You've got to tell us more about that journey. But first, let's um let's jump into the conversation. So where do we we begin? Um, I guess with your journey, I mean you the work that the business that you're building is based in vocational training. So tell us a little bit about what is what is available vocation vocational wise for for people, young people in the Gambia who want to build businesses like yours. Oh, right now in the Gambia, when we talk about a vocational education, it's like still now when it's when I say when I mention the word TVET, people will not even understand what I'm saying. I have to explain to them what is the meaning of TVET. Because in the mm -hmm. Gambia right now, what we are suffering from is skillful youths. Mm -hmm. And as me working in the field. I work with many people. I work with Senegalese. I work with other nationalities like Nigerians, like Freetonians, and more of them, more than Gambians. So it's not our fault. Our educational system, as, as we're speaking, is only training us to be civil servants. Mm, interesting. You will go 
you will go to top schools in the Gambia, they're not even offering any course in technical calls. They offer wow. all the other calls, but not none in technicals. We have technical mm -hmm. schools, yes, but our our university is not even offering any course that is having a technical. Mm. Why, so why, is, why is it like that? Why, why is that happening? Oh, for my own for my own research and uh, the thing I have been talking about researching about our educational system, I think still now the part in uh, technical has been not seen as an important career because they see all the careers, all the fields more important than uh, uh, the technical sector. And I've been telling them that the technical people are the are the architects of every nation. We need them. Mm -hmm. We need we 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 need them. They're making everything. We need infrastructure. It's it's we in the modern world. We need technicians. It's in the modern world. So these are people that no country is going to live without them. And I always tell them that no country is going to be developed without skillful youths. Mm. So no I country is it, going to be developed without skillful youths. I like that. I'm going to write no. that down. That's true. So I think that what they have to do is invest more in the technical mm -hmm. sector. I'm not saying other sectors are not important, but as me, I'm saying that technical sector is more important. Because mm -hmm. right now in mm -hmm. the Gambia, most of the things that we use are being imported. Mm -hmm. Example, our shoes, our oil, yeah. some of our clothes, fabrics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can make See, Ghana, that's where they is Ghana right now. Singapore, that's why they are Singapore right now. China, that's why they are China right now. Mm. They invest in technical. They invest mm -hmm. in innovation. Mm. So little countries like Gambia, if only we think about ourselves and then we, like make it happen, invest in innovation, in technical, I think it's mm -hmm. going to be very good for our youth. You cannot just tell me that either I want you to come and be an, uh, a successful mechanic in the Gambia. The saddest thing is like, if you want to be a mechanic, a carpenter, um, uh, weld welding and fabrication, electricians, you have to go to study outside the Gambia because these are courses that are not even offered in our universities. Mm. The highest you can have is a diploma certificate. Mm. Mm. What? But what? Why? Why is? Because hmm. I was saying to you, I wrote a blog about this, right? About um, sort of like alternative types of education. In this instance, it was focused on entrepreneurial education, and I I talked about the fact that a lot of countries in the developing world still have these antiquated educational systems that are based on colonial vestiges of the past, right? For good or for bad, you know, everybody still talks about, oh, we, you know, we have the British system, it was so good, blah, 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 fine. But those systems may not be relevant and training young people for now or for the future. So what do you, why do you think, you know, countries like yours and others around the world are not investing in upgrading and updating their educational systems? <laughs> One thing, they don't want mm. to. They don't want to adapt to change. Mm. Mm. Because I change is difficult. Very, they are very afraid to adapt to change. Mm. So they Why? are consistent in where wherever they are. Mm. Interesting. And this is, and this as if, if this is not making any nation work, and even you, the 
you the person is not making you walk because as a human being let's let's talk about our governments are us we are the government so let's mm-hmm. go back to us let's reflect our life how many of us hate our job but still now we go there to walk because we want to improve and make the world happy instead of ourselves how mm. many of us will push ourselves and say that you know what i can do better than this where mm. that man is sitting where that woman is sitting i'm going to sit there and push ourselves get out of our comfort zones and adopt to that change Mm. Do you think also there's just more respect given to certain fields than others? Like, you know, if you're a doctor or a solicitor or a dentist or something like that, people tend to revere those white collar jobs much more than, say, um, things that you do with your hands. But even engineering, I mean, engineering is it's very challenging, but ultimately engineers are testing things, making things, breaking things, figuring out how to make things work. Do you think those fields are valued more than other vocational fields, which have much value, as you've already stated, to to add yes, to the country? I think yeah. I think people think that um, being a doctor mm. or being a banker or being mm-hmm. a lawyer is more vulnerable than being a mechanic or being a plumber or being a carpenter. But the hard fact is, you see, those people are working for us. I tell my mm. friends who are doctors, who are lawyers, each time that they have problems, they come to my mm. shop for me to fix mm. it. Mm-hmm. So your 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 page slip is coming directly in me back in my hands. Mm. So it's high time we know that these technical jobs are the and and the in Africa we should know that this you know what I'm telling you you are in China, these jobs are well paid off. Yeah. It's yeah. the only professional you choose. You know, the freedom that you have if you are a technician. Example, me, I choose who to work with, where to work, how to be paid, and when to be paid. Yeah, yeah. It's only technical. It's only you when you have the innovation. Yeah. That you can yeah, have yeah. the ultimate freedom to do that for yourself. So this mm. job is not only important, like the other job, like I'm telling myself, I'm a car doctor. When the cars are, <laughs> I like that. I, 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 I diagnose them like the way the doctors diagnose you and tell you that yeah. this is what you wrong with you. That's what I do with the cars. Right. So you said that the government and the officials say the educational system, people are afraid to change. What if you were if you were appointed to a board or a committee that was charged with um, changing, revamping? you know, just completely overhauling the educational system, like complete reform, where would you start? What would you do? I know that's a big question, so we can discuss it through, but where would you begin? I will start at grassroots level. Mm. You know, Mm. I will start from grassroots level. I believe in this. You know, there are many people in this world, they are doing things that they don't love doing. They're doing it because their parents tell you to do it, your mm-hmm. teachers or society tell you to do it. I believe that if we started from grassroots level, gr- recruit these young people, teach them entrepreneurship, teach them innovation from a very early stage. Let them decide for themselves. Let them see the world, not only fairy tale stories that they watch in Disney TV or cartoons or video games on their phones. Let them start teaching mm-hmm. them that you can develop this video game in a very early stage. Let them involve mm-hmm. them in the businesses. 
I think if I have the platform, if I have that opportunity, I'm going to start it from grassroots level. Because the mm. impact you will have by starting it in grassroots level is the biggest impact you could never have. Because if you start it right, right now, where I am, it's going to be a less impact in the society. Mm. Is that because so, majority of the people are not where you are? So you have to, why do you, why do you believe grassroots is the way to go? You know why I say grassroots is the way to go? Because mm. let's, let's talk about the human brain. Mm-hmm. When we okay. were younger, yes, yes. when mm-hmm. we were younger, we mm-hmm. believe everything that we see or hear. Yeah. We feel from everything that we touch from our yeah, parents, yeah. from you. And the biggest parents are teachers. Of course. Because teachers contribute a lot in our life you know us the way we behave the way we think the way we perceive things it's all been there when we were younger it's filling our brain right right so if you target those younger people and teach them entrepreneurship from a very young stage Mm -hmm. teach them how to make money they will not be hustling like the way we are hustling right now yeah they will yeah. have the resources so easy. They will make it from there. Come on. These young people are smarter than us. Mm. I Something, because I, I do that. I teach entrepreneurship to young people. And I get a lot of people saying to me like, oh, so you're teaching them to build businesses or you're teaching them how to make money or like, why are you doing that? What do they need to learn that for? But I, what I try to explain to people that it's it's not about teaching them to build a business. It's about, like you said, skills. It's about the skills that they gain and how their minds shift and how they learn to think differently throughout the entire process. The business is just the outcome, you know, because there's a lot that you learn. You learn how to think critically. You learn how to think laterally. You learn, you learn a complete mindset shift, how to collaborate, how to how to look at something and figure out how to make it work to solve a problem. There's just, I mean, so much that you learn, the curiosity, the creativity, the teamwork. I mean, there's a lot. And even if they decide that they never want to start a business, they still need to have that mindset to survive in the world, you know, because a lot is going to happen to you between you matriculating from your secondary school and before, if you go to university or not, say you don't, before you get that first job or start your career. And those are defining moments in your life. And if you don't know how to deal with those setbacks and challenges, you know, we all know people who who fallen by the wayside just because, you know, their whole life has been based around getting good grades, getting that good job. And then how many people do we know that are highly educated that don't have good jobs or can't make a good living? So it's got to be more than just training people to get a job. It's It's got to be a more holistic education. So... I, I definitely understand where you're coming from with, with the grassroots. But what does grassroots look like? Is that just like going into talking to young people when you say grassroots? Like, is that a campaign? What is that exactly? <laughs> okay, grassroots level, we, we, use it, uh, we use it to um, refer to people, like let's say younger, let, let's say from, let's say we, when we target him from um, 11 years to 15, 15 years old. Mm, okay. Those okay. are grassroots levelers. They just started. They're just in the beginning. Okay. And what would we be doing them? We'd be training them? Okay. 
yes, you'll be training them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Gambia right now, yeah, we're doing very well. We have mm-hmm. been, start, kids has been starting to introduce to robotics and all mm-hmm. that. But you see, the kids that are having the privilege to introduce them to robotics are those kids who are very, very privileged, not the less privileged one. Robotics and machine learning, yeah. And machine learning and, uh, and, and all that. So I think if our government should look back, and if you if you talk about the best schools in the Gambia, you will talk about schools like the Nusrat High School. You talk about the Metrorist Academic. You talk about all the institutions, and these are the highest institutions in the Gambia that produce the best students in the Gambia. And it's mm. heartbreaking that they don't have anything, any technical field, not even technical drawing. Mm. Mm. So you want wow. to tell me that? All of them are going to school. It doesn't matter whether they pass, whether they fail. We just push them. They finish their high school, push them to college. Let them be nurses. Let them be teachers. That is very good. It's impressive. But we Mm, need people mm. who are going to fix things. We need people who are going to be innovative. We need innovative people. We have loads of problems going on in Gambia. Only if us Gambians, we are able to handle it ourselves come mm. together at one-on-one and say that this is the issue that we are fighting for let's know how which innovations are we going to use what are the techniques calculate do the math for ourselves without involving or hiring foreign people because actually you're paying them more money look at rwanda mm. they are the wow. examples that everybody mm-hmm. should learn from they're they're quite a successful case study very successful they have been yeah. very wise to in into invest in innovation and technical yeah for sure for sure so in the game sure. i be tell you you see people will be telling me that see it's not our fault because our educational system is only preparing us to be civil servants and that is totally true a whole university of the gambia is not offering any course that has to do with techniques that's a disgrace mm. a total disgrace so sometimes wow. I feel guilty going to events telling young people that you guys should come and do technical work. Look mm. the struggle that I'm facing. I'm finding yeah. so hard paying my tutor fees online. If mm. I want to have, if I want to have access to my uh, programs, I had to go, let's say, Ghana or Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. So mm. this is the problem that Gambia, I think, our oh, government the private sectors, they should tackle and invest in it very well and see how best they can improve in our technical sector and in our innovation sector if you want to have a very good ecosystem in the Gambia. Because if not, right. it's not going to be profitable for the business people because all they're going to do is hire, uh, they will be hiring foreigners and you pay every, a big money for them to come to your country and do everything you ask them. Why not develop your own country people to do it for you? Mm, mm. Our government, I think they should spend money in our educational system, a total reform. Let them start thinking that skills is the way forward. We are in the modern world. And I keep on telling you this, and I believe in this. No country mm-hmm. in this world is going to develop without skillful youths. If any country is having unskilled youths, that country is going to be the fearless country on the surface of this art. And I'm telling you this. Mm. So, okay. We have the grassroots organization, right? That's the first 
organi organization. What's yeah. the next thing that we do after that? Do we have do we have to um, change mindsets? Do we have to then talk to parents and teachers and and build a whole culture around yes around yes. technical skills? Yeah. Mm. Yes. I think mm -hmm. if we have the grassroots level, let yeah, the, yeah. you know you know you will never ask a kid what you wanna be when you graduated mm -hmm. and the kid just say I'm going to be a mechanic or a carpenter now. No, never, never. Because no. the teachers, not really. not really, the teachers will tell them that it's the books they read, home, yeah. the society, tell them that those are jobs for failures. And also, I think anything that involves working with your hands sometimes is devalued. It's not seen as, because even artists struggle, you know, if you tell, there's some people, they tell their parents they want to do sculpture or you know, um, does any kind of design and it's sort of frowned upon like, hmm, you know, you could do something better than that. You could do something more challenging. But I think that anything that you, things that you do with your hands can be as equally as challenging, you know, and it doesn't mean that you doesn't you don't use your brain. There's no intelligence and behind it, it. it. OK, look at look at the mobile phone that we are using right now. Right. Right. What makes that is the hands is innovation yeah. is technical. The TV the aeroplane that we fly from, our shoes, mm -hmm. our bags, mm -hmm. our pens, the tables that we sit, our houses. Yeah. So I think we should face the reality. And you know, these young people that are, you know, that are studying carpentry, mechanics, uh, uh, and so on, they can then create things. They can create things that help to solve and bigger do problems. You, do you know that they're the smartest one? They come with mm. all the scientists. All the scientists are creative things. Mm. And then if people. and then if they want to, they can they can go back to school later on or alongside working, and they have practical experience that they can apply. I mean, if you're in a you you're say working in a very technical field as a technician, then you might want to then go and train as an engineer in that particular field later on in life because you have the experience. And then you have you have more value to add to the classroom and the academic environment. And you are more mature because you've worked and you you understand what you want to do. Whereas right now we tend to send children to university when they're 16, 17, 18, and they're clueless. A lot of very few students at that age know what they want to do. Some are some are lucky enough to know, which is fantastic, but majority don't because they're still trying to figure it out. So they graduate with their first degree by the time they're 21, and they have no idea why they've studied this degree. They do it because their parents' expectation, or mm -hmm. they got a scholarship, or their friends, mm -hmm. and that's not a reason to do a degree. And then they will go back with another three years or four years in their life, do another degree. A master's and then most, most of most, Yeah, and most of them will graduate, and they will hit yeah, their yeah. jobs, and they wouldn't even have the experience. Because, sweetheart, if you come to my office with all graduate with honors, and mm -hmm. you cannot do anything, you, there is no place for you. Right, right. This is the real Absolutely. world. It's what you have to bring on the table and the end product that matters. Yeah. It's you your know, innovation I... skills and techniques that's going to make it work for you. Absolutely. And Critical you know, I listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of, it's so interesting how people, the, the mindset often of people who are very successful, when you listen to the things that they say, like, you know, the people they hire generally don't have degrees because they're not looking for that. Or, you know, it's like, um, you, people, people are looking for skills. 
I'm not going to hire you. Like, for example, you can get two, two people apply for a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one, let, let, what is the job? Okay. Journalism. Fine. That that's very practical. One has the bachelor's degree in journalism from a top journalism school. One does not have a degree in journalism. However, she spent the last five years, you know, work freelancing, building her own blog, um, creating her own content, working for a newspaper, um, you know, getting, um, say, um, apprenticeship experience, working in a in a film studio, like all these different things. So she has practical experience on the ground. And in addition to that, she's built up her skills by showing that she can blog and she can create video content and she can she can manage her own sort of multimedia platform. And then you have the student who's graduated with the top degree from a a great university. And yeah, she has the internships or whatever, but she doesn't have the skills. So I think we're also like you said um, about skillful youth. We're also moving into an era where people people want skills, degrees. Yes, they'll get you in the door, but it's all about your skills at the end of the day. And a lot of the times, employers. I remember. I mean, I'm older now, right? But when I was younger, it was like, okay, we'll train you, fine. But nowadays, they don't have time to train anybody. No, <laughs> they just want you to hit you, the ground it's, running. It's 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 a market. Everything is yeah. going fast, and it's tight. And it's competitive. It's very, very tight. The wall itself. And they're gonna hire people. They're gonna hire yeah. who can do the job at the exactly. end of the day. People don't have time to tell you everything to be going repeating themselves. If you cannot yeah. get it, there is no place for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, so for sure. I think it's time for us to tell this young generation to tell them what is really happening. It's better. For, yeah, I think that's better for them just be treating them and telling them that study hard, get a good degree, get a good grade, do this, you're going to do this. In schools, when I was young, nobody has ever told me that you can be a mechanic. All no. day, when they, all day we were telling you that you have to, when I was doing my form three, actually mm. a teacher was forcing me to come to choose a science. Mr. Climate was telling me every day you have to be in the <laughs> science class. Yeah. Well, I'm you sure he saw. Be... Maybe he saw something in you, and he thought you had talent. Yes, you can. Be sometimes these teachers are saying things out of out of. They're saying it from a good place, but sometimes the delivery isn't isn't always right. Because as someone that teaches, I am very. I try to be very careful about how I say things to my students because you see some. You see sometimes how really clever and hardworking they are, and you know they can excel in this particular subject. But you don't want to say things like. You should really do that. You're so good at that because that might not be what they want to do, even exactly. though they're good at that. Yeah, yeah. That is my point. That is just my point. Sometimes you. That's why I tell you that if we start grassroots level, let them mm-hmm. decide for themselves. Introduce all these things to them. Let them decide. You know, mm. they know what they want. Let them decide for themselves. Sometimes it's hard because of peer pressure, because of the society, because of what they see on TV, what they see online, they confuse themselves. Mm. But the truth is, if you let them play with what they really want to play with, like if they hear, if you just get up and tell your parents that I'm going to study robotics, like they will probably think you are mad, you lose it, you are insane. But let the yeah. kid study that. Let him start fixing things. Let her start discovering herself. Yeah. I think you that know, is important. 
For sure. I think this is also a good segue into um, something else I wanted to bring up, which was being a female in, in your field. I'm sure you have so many stuff. <laughs> there goes the side. <laughs> I'm sure you have stories aplenty, right? So what has your journey been like as a female in, you know, in, in this industry as a mechanic? Like, what has that been like in a nutshell? Oh, in a nutshell. Has it been roses and perfume and beautiful experiences? Hell sure. no. <laughs> it's been like... No, you don't see. It's been, it's been like hitting the ground nine times and getting up ten times. That mm. is just the whole journey. You know, like, but it's like my journey started, like, there was no support from my family. There was no support from friends. Actually, the first time I went to the school to pick up a form to study to be a mechanic, my teacher, who's supposed to be my lecturer, just looked at me and told me that I am too cute to be a mechanic. My hands are so tiny and so soft. And he thinks that I'm going to waste my time. I will never be successful of being a mechanic. And he was the teacher that's supposed to teach me. Yeah. Wow. So, and that's strictly because you were female. So they, so yeah. I, I imagine you were told to do something else quite a few times. Yes, because like I did ICM business studies and I majored in business law because my mom wanted me to become a banker. Mm. And I respect that very well because he was paying my school tutor fees and everything. I had to do whatever he, she wants. And I studied and I, I, and I graduated. I went looking for jobs. And some of these men will tell me that they have to sleep with me, have sex with me before they will hire me. Oh my And God. I have that three times. Mm. So I was, I, I stay home for a whole year. I didn't do anything. Mm. I mean, and these, these, these things are not su surprising. I mean, these, what you're saying doesn't surprise anybody. Yes. Cause it's the everyday story. You'd see here that every day. Yeah. Definitely. And how, how would you, if, if you met, do you, okay, do you meet a lot, of, a lot of young women who are interested in doing what you're doing? Yes, a lot of them. I have a lot of them who really? are interested in doing what I'm doing. One, they start to drop off. Two, really? they're scared of what society is going to tell them. Their parents will not let them do it. Four, most of them will not have the patience because it's required patience. It's not that you just, the room wasn't built in a day and mm -hmm, there are many mm -hmm. ways to kill a cart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. most of these young people are so eager to have the money. They don't want to be, they don't want to have the patience to learn the knowledge and have all the patience it takes for them to learn it and master it. Before you yeah. make money out of anything else, trust me, it's going to take a lot of work. Mm. So and some you, of them, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so some of them will tell me that, oh, I want to do this and I will take them in. I have lots of them some in our workshop. They will come there and they will they will start one month, two months, they drop off. And if I ask them if I reach to them, some of them will tell me, Oh, it's very hard. I'm so tired when I go out walk. So I don't think mm -hmm. it's I want to do it. Other people will tell me that, oh, I feel I feel embarrassed, I feel bad. You know, when I was mm. starting to be a mechanic in my school, it was just two girls, me and my partner. Two girls out of 75 boys. Mm. So 
I, I see every time when we go into school, we wear our regular clothes. And then when we go, when we're having practicals, we wear our overalls. So there was this day I told my friend that, can we go home with my overall? She said, no, if you do that, people are going to look at you like a zombie. I was like, mm. yeah, I'm a person that if you tell me, no, don't do it. That's the time I'm going to do it. So it's like, oh, Margaret, I have to prove that I have to go home with my overall. So I went to go home with my overall. Everybody was looking at me like a zombie. I come home mm. and my mom was like, oh, now you have give my enemies what they are going to tell me. Because you, you, you're dressing like a mechanic now. That's a dirty job. You're going to do that. I pay so much for your school fees. That's the way you're going to pay me. That day was one of the most hardest day in my life. But since that day, I believe in something. The mm. world will never know who you are if you don't tell the world who you are. The world don't care. There are many people. I tell myself that this is what I choose, this is what I believe in, and I'm going to tell the world this is who I am. I start wearing my overall everywhere, in ceremonies, in banks, in events, in restaurants, everywhere. I let people know that this is who I am. This Idafal, the mm. mechanic girl. Mm. And so I think that's very... good. That's good because you're showing people that it's it's okay. Yeah. It's so okay to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's really helped me. So now people don't even know me. You, I just introduced myself as, hey, it's Aida. They were like, oh, Aida, Aida the mechanic, and everybody will know me. Mm. And do you think, and that's also a positive encouragement for the younger girls so they can see that it's okay to do what you're doing. Yes, and that's the whole reason why I even do it. That's the whole reason why I carry myself out like that why i let them see that it's okay it's okay to be whatever you want to be as a woman as a girl it's okay mm -hmm. to have big dreams it's okay to feel like you're going to make an airplane by yourself in your backyard it's okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's okay to have all that dreams it's okay to be a mechanic it's okay, okay to go to space and come back yeah for sure mm. now I've been having some conversations with um, some different women on the topic of, and I just want to get your view on this because it's connected, on the topic of women who are very, you know, quote unquote, very clever, you know, you make good grades, you study hard, all that stuff. So you're encouraged to do, to go to university and do a degree, usually in a very technical subject, um, like engineering or maths or some kind of science or maybe to become a doctor who knows but usually something math science based engineering that kind of thing you go to university you get the degree you experience the challenges and hardships in university you do it you do all the things that you're told to do and then you realize you don't like it and then which happens to a lot of women so they get these degrees and then they end up not practicing or using those degrees and they end up say working in a completely different field or majority of the time starting their own business in areas that they're very passionate about like um building brands um lifestyle businesses hair makeup um you know anything food whatever it is but they're the the point is they're not using the degrees and do you think that that is uh, um a fault of the educational system 
do you or do you believe that it's okay it's okay to go to university and do the degree and decide you don't like it and then you say you you then you want to go off and i don't know start your own chain of cafe stores or do you believe that it is a flaw because number one you're not really you're pushing young people young women to do degrees that they're not they don't understand that they don't really care about number two you you're losing out on really bright you know people going into these fields and then it's like well maybe they shouldn't have gone to get that degree maybe they should have just started their business or do what they really love so do you see it as one or the other like i'm, I'm interested in your perspective considering you're someone who's doing what you love in a very technical field and you didn't have you didn't go to university what's your take on that Okay, my take on that is like first of all, I am I am, my industry is mechanics, but it's dealing mm-hmm. with automa- automotive, like yeah. auto mechanical study is different from mechanical studies. Yes, yes, of course. So people sometimes mistake one of these two studies as the other one. So mm. yeah, okay. so in the Gambia, for you to have a scholarship, that's going to let you do automotive engineering is very hard. All our collectives are in engineering, mechanical engineering. So people have been forcing me, wow, you can just go and do mechanical engineering. It doesn't do have anything to do with your with your career or anything else. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell them in reality, that's going to change my whole career. I'm going to do that degree and I'm not going to use it. Because mm-hmm. the truth is, they all have principle of dealing with combustion engines, but they are different. Those one deals more on how to operate big machines, and this one literally deal with auto mechanics like cars in general. Mm-hmm. So my perspective and or my take in that is like sometimes it's not cost me. I have uh, when I I decided to before I decided to pursue what I love before I I was confused. When I was doing my studies on ICM and all that, I was confused. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I want. Mm-hmm. So I have to mm-hmm. rebuff myself again. I have to talk to myself. I have to counsel myself. I have to, I have to talk to myself very well. And that takes me one year to make a decision of what and who and the kind of person that I really want and where and mm. where I want to be in life. So the thing is. I tell people sometimes it's not necessary for you to go to, for you to take everything free, like scholarships. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. So, say that again. Not, Wait, say that again. Sometimes it's not good to take everything free. Everything free. Wow. That's sometimes deep, man. It's, that's deep. It's, not, that's it's deep. not easy to take everything free. There are certain mm-hmm. free things, they're not meant for you. And sweetheart, mm. you have to let them go. That's a very interesting perspective because I think you will get a lot of pushback on that because a lot of people believe that, oh, well, it's free, it's a scholarship, it's good, it's the best thing, I don't have to pay. But you're saying something completely different. Interesting. Interesting. Very it's, interesting. It's something very different because if you go for a degree, three years, four years, yeah, totally, you don't waste it. You can use it anytime you want. But sometimes it's not about the money. You see, I don't know whether you're passionate of, about something, but you see, sometimes if you have a passion for something, it's not about the money that you make. It's about the passion. Passion is priceless. 
even if you end up having that degree and having that job, it's not your dream job. You just tell me that most of them will leave that degree and leave that job and go and start developing their businesses and start investing in something that they love, something that, that they have total passion for it. So yeah. if you take all the five years and invest it in what you're passionate about, you're going to go far. Mm. But you can understand why there would be people that would say, but you're getting a free, an opportunity. It's free. Why don't you take it? But then you're saying just because it's free, are you saying because it's free doesn't necessarily mean that it's good? Or no. it just because I, it's free, it doesn't mean that it's for you. Just because it's free doesn't mean you have to take it. You, yeah. you know, some, sometimes free things, it's not all free things are good. Mm-hmm. There are some free yeah. things, they are very toxic to you. Yeah. Sometimes, and, yeah, yes for sure. or no, for sure. meet, for sure. you see, yes or no, these two things meet our life or end our lives. Mm. So you have to choose wisely before you say yes to something. Or before you say no to something. It's kind of like the conversation we were having before we started recording the podcast when we were talking about investors. You know, a lot of founders think, oh my God, I have to cater to investors. But at the same time, you've got to think, mm, why would I want to have that person invest in, in me and in my business? And you have to, you don't necessarily have to go with the first investor that that tries to, that wants to invest in you. you. It's just like anything else. You don't have to take the first offer. You know, you can... You can you can have options. You can say no, and I guess it's it's a similar concept in that just because someone is offering you something doesn't mean you have to take it. But I think that mindset is very perhaps it's rare. Perhaps it's rare. Like a lot of people don't don't maybe they maybe it's not that they don't think that way. Let me say that differently. Maybe they're scared because you you believe that there won't be another chance. It's like scarcity mindset. Uh, there's This is it for me. There won't be another opportunity if I don't take this. Whereas, no, there'll probably you know be another why? opportunity along the way. Yes, you know what I mean? Because they don't believe yeah. in themselves. Like, wow. If you believe That's in powerful. yourself, if you, you believe know. in yourself, know you that know. always there is going to be an opportunity that is meant for you. If there is no opportunities, create them for yourself. You know, Absolutely. sweetheart, you are an entrepreneur. You know mm. how it's how it is. It's very hard. Mm. It's very, very hard. The wall is yeah, very all hard. the time hard. You <laughs> don't have opportunities. People mm, think that okay, them. most of us people who are in the media who are doing good, we have opportunities. We don't have opportunities. We barely have things for free for ourselves. You gotta put we have to create everything. Create things for yourself. Yeah. yeah. So I always tell people risk. that. Yeah, opportunities doesn't just come like that. You have to create them. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you have to learn. You say you have to learn to say no sometimes. You cannot just say yes to everything. It yeah, might yeah. cost you. If it doesn't cost you right now, it might cost you five years from now or ten years from now. Yeah, yeah. So that is very powerful. Ahead, it's important. That is very powerful, and I think these. This is so important because a lot of people don't see it that way. And a lot of people jump on things because they feel like they don't have options. And I get that. I understand that. That I mean, I, I've done that. I think we all have at some point in our yeah. lives. And, and yes. from that, I've learned that I don't have to take each opportunity. And, you know, I should practice what I call scarcity, positive scarcity, which is that I don't need to put my, po- you know, the negative scarcity is thinking that there isn't enough space for everybody. But there's positive scarcity, which is that 
I need to know who and when to present myself to. Not everybody is worthy of what I have to offer. Not everybody is, I shouldn't accept everybody into my space. I don't have to spread myself that thin. I can be scarce because scarce things are valuable. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the other side of scarcity. But I think it you it takes a lot of <laughs> perhaps experience and having the right people around you, or maybe you're just a confident person to get to that place because a lot of people don't see it that way. They think, well, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to get another chance or, you know, it's like a relationship. You know, a lot of the times being married, you think, well, I'm 29, I'm 30. This guy is here. I'm just going to marry him because there's so much pressure to get married. I've got to, I've got to take him because there isn't going to be anybody else. But I mean, you know, there's always going to be another guy, you know, <laughs> it's Always. the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, men come and a guy, guys come and go. The guy, the guy that you're gonna find is gonna be your guy, right? He's gonna yes. find you. You're gonna find him. And I think it's the same way with other opportunities as well. So thank you for making that point because I think it's really important. It's a really, really mm -hmm. important point. Just because something is free doesn't mean you have to take it, and just because something's on offer doesn't mean you have to go for it. And I believe that when people see that you're holding back a bit, that you're practicing that kind of like. Mm, I'm not going to make myself too available. I'm going to be scarce. I'm going to hold back. I'm going to look into other options. I think it increases your your value in their eyes as well because they see, okay, she's she's taking her time. She's looking through her options as opposed to being like so keen to jump on everything. You know what I mean? You don't have to be that keen on everything. You kind of have to decide very carefully about what you want to do. Yeah. Mm, very interesting. Very, very important. Interesting. Ooh, that is important. So you've dropped a lot of nuggets for us. Oh my goodness. So where are you going to, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, I see myself as the biggest car entrepreneur in the Gambia, having my mm. own company and producing mm. my own cars. That's mm. what, that's where I see myself in the next 10 years. That's powerful, you know. Did you just say producing your own cars? Are you going to yes. be like... A manufacturer, yes, like, you're going to make your own cars, yeah. you're going to do your own thing. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's, that's, that's big thinking. That's big thinking. I and like you that. You would invite me in this broadcast again, and I'm going to tell you how I make that. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love for you to come back and tell me how. <laughs> once, I'm a, once I'm alive, God's willing. Once I'm alive, for sure. Yes, that sounds amazing. Be. That sounds amazing. And I think it's really important to to have these big dreams. And I know you're going to make that happen for yourself. Yes, sure. Yeah, for sure. And maybe you might even be advising the Gambian government on, on education and how to develop yeah. vocational um, training. And maybe you I'm can develop a school. And maybe you can develop yes, your own academy. And start teaching, and start teaching young people because I feel so life connecting with them. Like each time there was this young guy who just tell me that, is it okay that I'm going to make a robot and I'm going to design mm. it as a girl that I want to marry? That was deep Ooh, for wow. me. And I met this young, girl, this young boy in Ghana, in Accra. And I was like, wow, that is so amazing. And he, he's just six years old and he's telling me that. So being with kids is the most amazing thing that you can also have and investing in them, you will never regret it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciated this conversation. The Gambians are just, wow, such passionate people. I'm loving it. I need to come to Gambia now, the Gambia, I need to come. Yo, you have to. I've always if wanted have... to come. 
I'm you have come. to come here. Let's host you. Let's you have to come. I hope after all this coronavirus is over, you just have to come to Gambia. For sure. Absolutely. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time. And that is it for now, Rare Ones. Ida, please tell everyone goodbye. Send us your, your well wishes. <laughs> and thank you so much for hosting me, for having me. I'm so grateful. Absolutely. And thank you so yeah. much. And to everybody listening, don't stop believing in yourself. Keep on going for whatever you want. And remember, yes or no, define your life. So choose wisely before you accept a yes or no. It's important. Wow. I wish I had somebody tell me that however many <laughs> years ago. I can't even count now. That is brilliant advice. Thank you so much. We are grateful. Thank you. All right, folks. Bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs>